The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion, analysis of the Premier League, the Champions League and the Europa League. I'm Robbie Earl. Mr Musto is away this week. It's his birthday, so he's spending time with the family. So i got a special guest. I mean, this isn't a substitute. This is a replacement. Tim <laughs> Howard is in the hot seat today. Great to have you, Tim. And these are the topics we've got for today. Liverpool and Chelsea playing to a 1-1 draw after the Blues went down to 10 men. Guardiola's City, embarrassing Arteta's Arsenal. What's next for the Gunners? We'll get to Tim's thoughts on the former Manchester United teammate Cristiano Ronaldo returning back to Manchester United and we'll talk how United got all three points from Molyneux. And guess who's top of the table after three rounds of fixtures? Yes, Spurs. Nuno Spurs. With Harry Kane, we'll discuss how and why. That's what we're coming up in today's episode. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, Mr. Howard, pleasure to have you on board. We've um, just finished the shows in the studio. We're just going to jump on a podcast and, and knock some thoughts and some discussion points around. I think we have to start with the big game of the weekend. It was Liverpool at home at Anfield, a raucous full Anfield, which is great scenes for everybody playing Chelsea. And I, I remember hearing before the game, Thomas Tuchel in a, in a pre-game interview said, you have to deal with the stress test Mm-hmm. That is going to Liverpool with a full house and a, a full team now with terms of fitness and, and players back. How did you think Chelsea dealt with it? And what did we learn from either of these teams about title possible chances during the season? Well, thank you for the intro. I, I, I always appreciate coming on the show. I, I often wonder why I'm not on more. But Me too. Me too. <laughs> 
Wow. Yeah, Liverpool-Chelsea, this is the one we were looking forward to. Mm. Uh, we learned a lot. You know, I, anytime there's a sending off, you just think, oh, the game's kind of gone away and it's hard yeah. to pick up anything because, well, the, the team with 11 men are supposed to, you know, beat the other team. And I think we learned a lot about about Chelsea. I think we learned a lot about their metal and their steel and their mental fortitude. Look, I mean, you we couldn't sing the praises of Thomas Tuchel enough, and yet here we are. He got that team in the dressing room. He said, look, we're going to play a very, very compact five across the back, three across midfield, Ronald Lukaku up the front, and they worked. They worked tirelessly. You know, the, the ability to go down when they had a cramp, when it took a long time to take a throw, and when they mixed it up and got a bit argy-bargy with everybody, they figured out a way, in a very experienced way, a very committed way, to see that game out. I mean, you want to talk about a defensive masterclass. We could have gone – we could have got another 45 minutes. I don't know if Liverpool scores. And we're talking about a very, very good, talented, attacking Liverpool team. And we just we, – we saw we saw another evolution of what Chelsea can become. So, based on what you're saying, and, and I don't disagree at all with, with what you're saying, does, are some of those characteristics, those personalities, mm. that, that drive, is, is some of that going to be important for title winners? Is that that might set Chelsea apart, that we talk about the ability – Talk about Lukaku being the, the, the yeah. missing piece up front. But there's a, there's a metal, there's a steel to this group mm-hmm. that's probably installed from the manager, but certainly some of, some of the players know how to handle themselves. And mm-hmm. does this give them a chance maybe, let's say Manchester United, who, who sort of haven't won any major silverware for a while, haven't won titles yeah. for a while. Yeah. Does, does this just give them that edge? Is, is this something that Tuchel can call on when they need to, maybe when the football is, is, isn't going as, maybe as well as they'd like? Yeah, like on that point, I think about a specific example, right? After the penalty goes in, they felt hard done by about the handball and the red card on Reese James. Mm-hmm. There was gamesmanship from Mendy on on the Henderson. penalty taker. Uh, Henderson right. and yeah. Salah and after with Henderson right. and then Lukaku gets involved and there's yeah. a coming together. So they didn't take it laying down. They didn't take it lightly. And, you know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Arsenal in a minute, but yeah. you can imagine a penalty going, going in against Arsenal. There'd be heads hung low. Mm-hmm. Someone would go pick the ball out of the net. They'd walk back. Nobody would be talking to each other. And so there's a togetherness and a spirit and a belief about this team that I really like. And look, it starts with the manager. It starts with the manager and the senior players, and they all seem to be on board. Let's just we'll, we'll talk about finish off with Chelsea and, and then obviously get on to Liverpool as well. But I just saw, and, and you're right, it, it, just before half time, Chelsea won the law, looking like they're going to go in uh, with a lead, and then they, they get pegged back. Reese James goes gets sent off for, for the handball, which it was a handball, and I think the movement of the arm towards the ball means mm-hmm. it's an isle of a goal scoring opportunity. Had to be a red card. I know some <laughs> people were saying, and even we in the in the studio were saying. Feels a bit harsh, but yeah. that is the law. If, if you deny the goal-scoring opportunity with the hand, it, it's a red card. Uh, so they're down to 10 men. And at half-time, Tuchel takes off. N'Golo Kante, who we think had a knock anyway, mm-hmm. and, and brings on uh, Kovacic. But instantly, took off Kai Havertz, the man who scored mm-hmm. the goal, mm-hmm. big-time mm-hmm. player for them, brings in Thiago and moves Aspilicueta to the right side. Yep. That, to me, Tim, is a manager who understands, who feels, who who can read a game and, and, and put a plan in place. And I think that's a hugely important thing. My biggest difference, my biggest criticism of, of Frank Lampard, and I'm a Frank lover, I like him as a guy, I like him as a manager, and I hope he comes again, his in-game 
management, his in-game tactic mm-hmm. was not at the level mm-hmm. that we see the likes of Tuchel in Klopp mm-hmm. and, and, and Pep and, and Pochettino. And this is where I think you, 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 your young, clever coaches are become a step above. Mm-hmm. And the changes he made at half-time put Chelsea in a place to succeed yes. and not only succeed in keeping a clean sheet in the second half, being a man down against the Liverpool team in front of their home fans, but also a team that broke on two or three occasions and, mm. and in a different time could have ended up winning the game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And listen, we we talked about that game and about the chances and, and, and 10 men Chelsea. Without question, they had the better chances. They Without question, they had the more clear-cut chances because because of the way that Tuchel set them up. And yes, as a young manager, it's so hard to gain that experience because you have to go through these trials and tribulations and come out the other side of it. When we look at Thomas Tuchel, there's no panic. There's no panic ever. The sending off, we actually saw him talk to the referee. He yeah. covered his covered his mouth with his hand. He was he was animated, but he wasn't over the top. He was yeah. very much in control of the situation, even though they were down a man and and, and the goal just went in. Yes, good point. And anybody who's looking to see how Chelsea did in the second half, Tim and I just did a breakdown on the tactics show. So take a look at that. You'll see how Chelsea with 10 men still defended really well and broke on a couple of occasions. So let's move it to, 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 to Liverpool because mm-hmm. I think we're all looking at this game. One, the Lukaku-Van Dijk thing was, was mm-hmm. mouth-watering. The, the matchup between those two players, great forward, great defender. Who's yeah. going to win that one? It never quite played out. Maybe the sending off did played its part yeah. as well. We didn't really see that in, in its truest form. I thought there was a bit of a shock from 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 me with uh, Jurgen Klopp, mm-hmm. Bobby Firmino back in the team. Diogo yeah. Jota two goals in the first two games out of the team. Now we're not to know if there was injuries or not. And Jota did come on the pitch. And young Harvey Elliott starting the game. Uh, yeah. Tim for me showing the trust and confidence in an eighteen-year-old guy who's only second ever Premier League start. And I tell you what, he didn't have to play with confidence and poise and yeah. trust. Yeah. Well, Harvey Elliott looks the part. He he not only was was thrust in there to do a job, he 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 shined at times. He was he was just gets on the ball, his his, his spatial awareness and his appreciation of, of, of finding the right pass. He's gonna be a good player for a long time for Liverpool Football Club. You know, I think the good part for Jurgen Klopp it, He's going to have a big decision every week. You know, I, I, I tend to think Jota is slightly ahead of Bobby Firmino, but Bobby Firmino has been the catalyst for how that front pl- three wants to play and how Jurgen Klopp wants them to defend from the front. So, look, it's a great problem to have. And I, and I don't, you know, I think if if he puts Bobby Firmino in there when, when Jota's in really good form, yeah, you might raise an eyebrow. But he's not—he's not going to do anything wrong, you know. Firmino's going to be in there; he's going to lead the line, and, and and he's as good as it gets as well for for Liverpool Football Club. And look, yesterday was was difficult for for Liverpool because they are at their best when the other team has the ball and they're high pressing from the front, marauding all over the midfield. And look, we just we just talked about it. Chelsea had no other choice but to sit deep with with two banks, one of five and one in front of three. There was really no space, and yeah. when the ball turned over, it was actually. Chelsea doing having one or two passes and then hitting up to Lukaku, so there was there was no real time to press for Liverpool. So listen, Liverpool are fantastic; they're going to be right up there near the top of the table uh, all season. So this just again, it wasn't an indication of Liverpool. This was more, um, you know, really good game management from Chelsea. It's a great game. We could talk uh, for a long time on it. Just just in closing, I, I kind of look at the Chelsea squad and mm. sense that it's not far off. You know, the Lukaku piece now they've almost yeah. got. 
one player for a number of positions, whether these people coming out. We're hearing that um, Kunde's coming to club, Jules Kunde's coming to, to the club, Kurt mm-hmm. Zuma's gone to, to West Ham. So we've got another centre-back in there. Is this... This squad feels like it's good enough for me to go close, if not to win a title. From Liverpool's point of view, do they need to do anything? Do they, do they need a little bit more, do you think? Yeah, here's the thing about Liverpool. They, they you know, Wijnaldum left and he went to PSG. They haven't quite replaced him. I like Harvey Elliott. I like yeah. him a lot. Yeah. Um, but with Henderson and Fabinho, again, you talk about two guys who probably never put a foot wrong for, for Liverpool Football Club. There's still a big ask from Jurgen Klinsmann, Jurgen Klopp, excuse me, in terms of how much energy these guys put out, and they've been doing it now consecutively for four and five seasons. They need to buy some more strength and steel in that midfield, so that when they rotate, they don't lose a lot. Look, you have to rotate in the Premier League, but you don't want to lose too much quality. And so maybe, maybe just maybe, uh, they bring in a midfielder. Yeah, because goals from midfield, I think, would be key. I look at, at Havertz and Burnham and possibly yeah. Mount. I think these goals in that, that midfield just worry a little bit about Liverpool that if those front three, it doesn't mm. happen for them one day. Mm-hmm. They haven't got a Gundogan. They haven't got right. a, a, a guy, a Sterling, who, who gets you somewhere near double figures. That might be something sure. to look at. We'll see in the next couple of days and we'll round things up with transfer deadline. Let's move things on, my friend. Mm. To Manchester City, it was the first game of the weekend. So Pep versus his... his his assistant, uh, Manchester City, took on Arsenal. It's a Man City team that beat Norwich five last week and got back to something like uh, their standard. Yeah. A week when they decided they weren't going to spend the £150 million that was being um, bandied around for Harry Kane. But yeah. they got five goals anyway. Were Arsenal almost the perfect opposition for, for, <laughs> for Manchester City? Which is a sad thing to say for Arsenal fans. I'm sure Arsenal fans listening won't like that. But... No. I mean, right now, you know, Arsenal are the team like, mm, wouldn't mind playing them. Well, I think Arsenal fans listening wouldn't wouldn't be happy with a lot of things. You know, I think there's – when I looked at that game, I just – you know, we, we hear we hear people who, who, who write to us and, and, you know, we hear the chatter about, yeah, there should have been a foul on Callum Chambers on a second goal. I mean, this is a center back who, who towers over, you know, a smaller striker. You're expecting your center backs to be tough. Um, City, in a week where they didn't spend the money on on a striker and Harry Kane, this was almost you know this was almost a little feather in their cap. Thinking you know Pep doesn't always need a striker. He says right, he likes to play without a striker, and yet they put five past um, Arsenal. Well done to City. It was it was look it was a big game. It's Arsenal still a big name, and and they don't seem to be playing well at the moment. Clearly, but you know Man City they. They're going to want to lay their marker down every week. Look, this this title race, I think, is going to be tighter than we've seen it in many, many years. And, and hopefully that's a great thing for everybody. You know, of, but our, sorry, mm. mate. Come, come a couple of things I just wanted to, 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 to question you on with Man City. And it's mm. a point we, we, we touched on over the weekend, and, and you certainly made a point of it. I just wondered, Tim, if Harry Kane not going to Man City mm-hmm. gives a different mindset to Gabriel Jesus, who mm. at the moment is playing in a wide position. Assisting in goals, got himself a goal um, from from a central position today. But maybe he's freed up with no Aguero, mm-hmm. no shadow of Kane. Mm-hmm. Could he kick into a fifteen to twenty season goal man? Could he become the player that we've hoped he'd be, that City hoped he'd be? Well, Robbie, look, I, here's what I think about Jesus. I think sometimes you 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 are what you are, 
And I don't believe that he's an out-and-out striker that can lead the line as a number nine and get you 20 goals. What I do think what we've seen in the last few weeks is that he's found a nice little home there, you know, in the attacking area on the right-hand side, whether it's with a dribble, whether it's with a run in behind, or whether it's with a cross. He's, He's been very, very good. And so if he's going to be successful for Manchester City in that role, I wouldn't force him into being this out and out number nine where he doesn't seem to be comfortable, or certainly he hasn't produced. And let's let's face it, he's had enough time. Pep's given him enough opportunities in that role. So he see. To me, he seems like he's playing very free at the moment. And if that's because he's changed a little bit, he doesn't have to have his back to goal. And I don't necessarily know if he's he operates the way Harry Kane does, where he drops deep into the midfield, gets turned, and plays. He seems like a winger to me. And he's done a really good job in that area. It's interesting because um, obviously wingers now have to score goals. Mm-hmm. I still would like to see him being given the, 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 the number nine spot, that this mm-hmm. spot. I just feel like. There could be a mentality change. People used to say Patrick Bamford. No, oh, Patrick Bamford, he won't really score goals mm-hmm. in Premier League. And then you, you, you hit a form, you hit a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I just like, you know, Ollie Watkins and players. I just yep. think if he could hit a little run and, and be feel feel that he's the man and, mm-hmm. and, and the goals are set up for him, it's an interesting one. I think it's one we'll, we'll watch over the season. Just in terms of Pep, um, mm-hmm. Tim, and, and I, I'll give you my view and, okay. and then throw it up. I think Pep does Arteta a disservice when he keeps on telling us how good yeah. he is yeah. after the game. Arteta's yeah. a great guy. Oh, he's a great... I think we're now at the stage where he's been a great number two for Pep mm-hmm. and they've won things together and he helped him and developed him and he said he learned with him and all those things. Mm-hmm. Now Arteta's a number one. He's a big mm-hmm. boy. He's standing on his own yeah. two feet. Yeah. I think it's now time for Arteta to show us that he's a great manager, not yeah. just being told by other people how good he is. Yeah. Look, I don't fault... I don't fault uh, Pep for coming out and and protecting or mm-hmm. praising his yeah. dear friend Mikel Arteta. Uh, that he should do that. What's there for the rest of us to do is decipher what that actually means. And as you said, he might be a really good number two, and probably was at City, and they have, might have a great friendship, and he might have learned a lot from from studying Pep Guardiola. But the fact of the matter is, when you're the number one, when you're the manager at a massive football club that is Arsenal, things are different. Things are simply different, and we're finding that out right now. And so that onus is on Mikel Arteta to figure that out and to figure out his club and his style and and his own team. It's great if Pep comes out and, and, and sings the praise. Pep's the best coach in the world and has been for a long time. If he sings the praises of Mikel Arteta and you and I and everybody at home are watching Arsenal Football Club under Mikel Arteta, yeah. vastly underachieve, Dare I say it doesn't actually matter what, what Pep Guardiola says in regards to that situation because it's not actually accurate. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I hear. I mean, we've got we've got to de- delve a little bit deeper into what is going on at Arsenal. Mm. And I can remember the weekend we were doing the games, and, and obviously before the um, the games kick off, we have team sheets. We try and work out the, the mm-hmm. system that we play. And both of us were there for a while, scratching our heads with with Arsenal because mm. we thought, well, is it back three? Mm. It's a back three. There's one midfield player in there, this Granite Jacker, mm-hmm. that you would never say is 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 totally reliable. He, he mm-hmm. can have good moments. He, he he can be look more mature. But one holding midfield player against the Manchester City team are going to dominate mm-hmm. the ball. Mm-hmm. Then three young players ahead of him, Saka, Smith Rowe, and Odegaard, who all want to get on the ball. All young players who need mm-hmm. a bit of help in that department. Mm-hmm. I mean, what can Arteta be thinking to send a team out like that? 
at Manchester City, knowing how they play, mm. I think they're going to get any kind of result. Well, we'll hear, we'll hear this, Robbie. I don't subscribe to this concept, which a lot of managers have adopted, in, in trust in the process, and this is our style and we won't go away from it. That's a little nonsense. You win football matches. You earn the right to stay at a football club for another year and to earn another contract and to be at a football club for 10 years. This concept that we're going to play our way no matter what. No, you adapt your style. You adapt your you, – you rightfully said you might want to play one holding midfielder. Guess what? You're going away to Man City. You better play two, three, four, five, six holding midfielders if you want just to get a result, to get yourself to the next game, to get yourself to the next season, to earn that right. Because right now, this someone someone coined the phrase, trust the process, yeah. and it's become a detriment to so many people because they use the phrase. It means nothing. It's a blanket statement. And quite frankly, the process isn't working. Not not as, as of yet it isn't. Is, is, it a, is it a position? As I, as I sometimes look at Arteta, and I think, he's, you know, you hear stuff about, you know, people around the training grounds, he puts on good sessions, mm. good coach. I don't know the man to man management. Sometimes I feel that that might be something that, that's mm. not perfect. But listen, I'm guessing I'm looking for like many sure. of us. Where, I'm, where I, I start to have a little bit of a, of a criticism is, I wonder if some of these young coaches, it's almost like, they feel they have to act and be a certain way. Mm-hmm. So it'd almost be a bit negative. You know, I'm not saying to go to Sam Allardyce. Yeah, I'm not yeah, saying yeah. go to Tony Pulis. I'm saying, you. you know, now it's like, you know, between the lines, in the half spaces, turning people over, transition, you know, all the buzzwords and mm-hmm. all the, and that's great. And we love it. And we love to see great football. But when I look at Arteta, Tim, I'm not sure. I'm mm-hmm. really not sure. Mm-hmm. And, and why I'm saying I'm not sure is, yes, he's got to get players. There was hundreds of millions of, of dollars worth of players who weren't available mm-hmm. to Arsenal Football Club. Mm-hmm. I get that. And they will get better when those players come. And given time, I'd like to see this guy time to show me whether he can coach or not. Yep. But let me just say where I am. I would say in the six weeks of we've had, three weeks pre-season and three weeks of a season, if Graham Potter had this group of Arsenal players, mm-hmm. we'd do something different. Now, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not yes. saying they won all three games. Yes. I'm not saying they'd have scored hundreds of goals. But Graham Potter organises coaches and, and, and influences a team where you can see yeah. what the work and what they're trying to do. I don't always get that with Mikel Arteta. No, listen. I think there's a, it's so hard for me to sit here and say after spending... $194 million in the transfer window that there's still massive holes in this team. And yet I'm saying there's massive holes in this team, you know, whether it be character and leadership issues, whether it be discipline issues, look, there's no leaders on the pitch. Robbie, I've been in teams where I've lost five nil. It hurts. It hurts. And, and, and what hurts more is I've let my teammates down. And the reason I know I've let them down is because they've told me, they told me in front of 50,000 people, They've got to grips with me and other teammates, and I've done the same. Yeah. That was just – did you see – you did see. We watched it together. Arsenal, after every goal, yeah. no one having a word with each other, no, no one no one really running around and chasing and feeling like, hey, this hurts me. Chaka gets himself sent off again. That's the easy way out, by the way, Robbie. That's the easy way out. If he's saving a goal or, 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 or he's getting into a tussle, that was a, that was a foul on a winger. Where he's jumped in the air and he's two footed guy, because they're getting they're, they're getting beat handedly. Like 
that's just that's that's the easy way out for me. And there's a, there's I think there's massive holes at the, at the football club in regards to the team and the squad. Yeah, Arsenal's certainly going to be a story uh, for us moving forward. Maybe the international break's got a decent time. Listen, they sit bottom mm. of the table, no mm. points from three games, and maybe they can get a few bodies fit uh, during that period. But um, they've got, I think, I think, believe they've got Norwich, Burnley, yeah. and Spurs in the North London derby coming up. Mm. Wow. Let me let me let me ask you this, Harvey. We saw. I mean, we'll talk about. We we saw Sean Dyche's Burnley mm. team and Leeds yeah. mix it up. Oh, Leeds likes to spread the pitch yeah, and and, yeah. and play, and they mixed it up, and it was a fight. Mm. You don't think he watched that Man City Arsenal game and thought this? It seems they seem lifeless. They seem like there's no there's no spirit amongst that group. What do you think? What do you think he's going to do to them at Turf Moor? The first yeah. ball that goes up to the Woods and Barnes, they're going to be boshing them, and it's going to be they, interesting. They won't eat for three days before they pay off. They'll be ready for them. Uh. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Let's move on, mate, to um, Wolves versus Manchester United. Let, let, let's talk about the game first because all the attention, obviously, the whole football world has been talking about yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo yeah. returning back to Manchester United. We'll, we'll, we'll get on to CR7, the great man. Mm-hmm. Um, and let, let's talk a little bit about United. Yeah. Got the result, got the win. Um, maybe slightly fortuitous. I think, I think we both thought there may be a foul yeah. in the run-up to the uh, Mason Greenwood goal. But mm-hmm. what was your takeaway from United today? Uh, got the points, but not a brilliant performance. Yeah, a bit like last week as well. Um, still leaving a, a little bit to be desired. You know, the draw last week against Southampton um, left it late today. Um, I don't think they played particularly well. Didn't see the best from uh, Jaden Sancho. Look, he'll, he'll, I, I think he'll come good. I think he's super talented. They spent $100 million on him. So from Dortmund, he, he'll need a few games to find his feet with the new team. I, I got no issues with that. Um, they, Varane? How do you see Rafael Varane? Yeah, yeah I like Rafael Varane. He's classy. He's classy. And, he, and also, by the way, he's going in alongside a top center back in, in Harry Maguire. So that, that partnership, we saw David De Gea, who, who for me is back on form. I never really thought he lost a ton of form. They were, they were tinkering with this Dean Henderson thing a little bit, but that never had much uh, for me in it. I always thought David De Gea was still out and out there, number one. He's showing that um, really good. So I, I think Veronica, he's classy. He's good in the air. Um, you know, he's able to come out with the ball. He's seen it all. 
He's a French international, plays at Real Madrid. This, he, he won't be phased by any title challenges. He, he's he's up for it. Um, they just seem they just seem a little bit off it for me. I, I truly believe, and look, it's easy to say this, but I truly believe that when Cristiano Ronaldo pulls that shirt on, he get any steps out there, that tempo is going to step up. He's going to demand that that tempo gets gets sped up. He wants the ball all the time. He wants to be on it. Players are going to be willing to run in behind and get around him. He he, he wants that. He, what he's going to do to galvanize this club is probably like no other player we've seen in a long, long time. It's an interesting point you make, and we'll, we'll, we'll certainly uh, figure on, on Cristiano Ronaldo in a minute. But just in terms of United, and, and you mm-hmm. say, as, as more signings come in, yeah, as bigger yeah, names, yeah. the expectancy grows, Tim. You, you've played for Manchester United. Yeah. I've played against Manchester United. I can guarantee you, Every June, July, the fixtures come out. Yeah. The first fixture I look for, United home and away. Yep. yep. And that's every player in the Premier League. Of course. And guess what? On that day, on that given day, whether I'm playing at Old Trafford or I was playing at Sellers Park, I'm up for it. Mm-hmm. You know why I'm up for it? Because I'm against the best team in the country, mm-hmm. with the best players in the country, with the biggest profile across probably world football. And mm-hmm. I'm going to be giving more. And guess what happens to the fans? It's always sold out. The fans yeah. are up for it. Yeah. Everything, everybody is ready to take. And we all want a piece of Man United. Mm-hmm. I, my, I have friends who still talk about the time we beat them in the League, league Cup quarterfinal. Mm-hmm. We beat them in the League game. P- people remember of those course. things. Of course. Man United have that 38 times a season. Yeah. It's 19 times at home, 19 times away. That expectancy, Tim, on and off the pitch... I, I'm not sure that's too big a burden for this group. I, I'm not sure. Because when I look today, they didn't play brilliant. Mm-hmm. played well against Leeds. Okay mm-hmm. against Southampton. We're average today. I'd, I'd moments and they've got players who can produce moments. Mm-hmm. But their football wasn't quick, wasn't slick. Mm-hmm. They weren't incisive. And each week, it's going to grow. When Ronaldo comes in, it gets even bigger. Yeah, yeah. Are, are this group... Will this group be able to handle that and still produce the goods? I do. I, I think this group, you know, up until, you know, certainly within the last year to 18 months, I, I would have said no because I didn't think they had a, a brilliant centre-back pairing. Uh, Luke Shaw was a little bit off, and I think he's had a really good 12 months. Yeah. Um, there was questions, as you mentioned, about David De Gea, questions about Paul Pogba. But I, I do, I, I think that Pogba can handle it. Fernandes has certainly shown he can. Ronaldo's going to come in. That takes care of itself. You know, Marcus Rashford is a guy who also enjoys the pressure. He's not injured at the moment, but he enjoys the pressure. You know, I, I do. I think that this group is, as you said, now all the tools are in the toolbox. Probably going to Solskjaer. So, so this team seems to me to mentally understand what it's like to play for Manchester United and what the expectation is. Now they need, yes, now they need to live up to it, of course, and, and, and we'll see how that goes throughout the season. I personally believe they do have that mental fortitude. Now it's going to take some time and some setbacks, absolutely. But I think this season, even though it's early on, it, it'll take a few games to get up and running with, with Cristiano Ronaldo and what, what, what that setup feels like and what everyone's role is, because roles are going to change. We know that, right? But when that happens, I think this train's going to pull out of the station and it's going to go. We're nearly 30 minutes in. I'm going to get my underappreciated player of the week in here. And, and you've mentioned him a couple of times and, and you'll understand why. I've gone for David De Gea. I think it's been a difficult 18 months, 12 months for, for, for the United number one. There's been 
Dean Henderson's been brought back to the football club to challenge him, to maybe motivate him. He's talked that maybe have we seen his best days? Do they need to move him on? I thought today, Tim, the, the, the two saves, the first one, decent, you'll tell me better. The second one I thought was world-class movement and reaction to get there. I thought get, it was a game-changer. I think mm. if Wolves get the goal there and have something to hold on, it might have been a different outcome. Um, and I just think for his professionalism, for the way he's yeah. been, he was very understated after the game, like I've done yeah. my job and, and whatever. He's my underappreciated performer of the week. And I've always said, to win a title, you've got to have a top-class goalkeeper, a decent centre-back pairing and a 20-goal striker. Yeah. Manchester United now, maybe with Ronaldo and, and Greenwood, have got the 20-goal striker. They've got a decent centre-back partnership yeah. with Varane and, and, and Maguire. And they got, I think, David De Gea getting back to something like his, his best form. It's a it's a brilliant choice, Robbie. I th- you know when I was at when I was at Manchester United and I was pulled out of the team and and, and Edwin Vanderson was brought in, who was absolutely world class, and he he proved that um, you know in his in his time there. Sir Alex Ferguson would say, "This is Manchester United. As a goalkeeper, you're not going to have a whole lot to do, but I'm going to need you to do one thing." need to do it. I might, you might need to do it in the first minute. You might need to do it in the 90th minute. But you're going to have to make a save at some point. And that's what we're seeing with David De Gea. Uh, he's done it for years and years and years. But that's a prime example of what it's like to be a Manchester United goalkeeper. You'll have your bread and butter things to do, some catches, some punches, no problem, kicking out with your feet. There'll come one moment because Manchester United is not perfect. There'll come one moment where you have to make a save, or in this case, a double save, yeah. to keep your team in it, and then you go down the other end and score. And and we always know, Fergie time, back yeah. going back. United will score when it gets to the end of the games. It was 12 years ago that he left for a world record fee, um, Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, there's been agreement. I mean, incredible mm-hmm. few days we've had in the transfer market. At one time, Ronaldo was talking to PSG. Then he was coming to Manchester, but he was going to the Blue Hawk. <laughs> and then we hear Sir Alex gets involved, Bruno gets involved. There's all kinds of conversations in Jorge Mendes, his owner comes in and I think there's still a little bit of tidying up to do in terms of the contracts and, and the medical, but Cristiano Ronaldo is going yeah. to be back wearing the Manchester United shirt. Just tell me what this does to the football club, what it does to its chances of winning the title, Tim. Yeah. And more importantly, are there any negatives? Because we talked about mm-hmm. something I thought was really important on the show that, yeah. that you brought up um, that, that we can discuss? Well, look, I, I think very, very few things in, in the game of football get me giddy, get me excited. Um, and and when, I, when I heard that news, you know, you talked about on the show today, I was like everybody else. I was like, wait, wait a minute. He's coming back to United. This is... You, can't come home. This isn't real, seriously. And uh, it was just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a special moment, you know. I actually mentioned uh, off air to Rebecca. You know, you see these young—you see these young children, probably not—not not even twelve years of age, holding up signs about "Welcome back, Ronaldo," and you're thinking they've only heard about this godlike figure from their parents and from their brothers and sisters, and here he is, like the Messiah, walking back in. It's like—it's such a cool moment, um, you know, for football in general. Look. I, I think he's going to bring. I think he's going to bring. Forget the goals and the on-field stuff. His yeah. his pizzazz, his charisma. You know, he won title after title under Sir Alex Ferguson. So we always harken back to what it was like with Fergie. He knows he, he, this is a guy who's who's going to perform week in and week out, and he knows the standard that's meant to be set. And I, and I tell you now, he will carry that into the dressing room. Okay, we know he's going to bring goals. We know he'll bring a mentality. Uh, we know he'll influence players. Mm-hmm. Uh, in and around the dressing room. The younger players will have a, uh, a great role model to look at, to learn from, to get better. But 
Is there any downsides, Tim, to, to Ronaldo coming into the dressing room? Will maybe some of the bigger players feel mm. a bit put out? Mm. I don't personally think there's a downside. I think the one question I, I would have for you, Robbie, and, and everyone else is Paul Pogba. He is charismatic. He's a World Cup winner. He's played at Juventus, plays at Manchester United. He is the Pied Piper of that dressing room around that club. What he says goes. People hang on his every word. The way he walks, the way he talks, the way he dresses – all of that thunder is going to get stolen the second Cristiano Ronaldo walks in there. He's a godlike figure. He is he is beyond anything these players have ever seen. And so what does that do to the character of a person like Paul Pogba? Does he say, "Well, I don't I don't like this. I I I'm I'm the guy. Is there is there a clash of egos? Is there is there a power struggle in that dressing room or which I hope happens, Paul Pogba says, "I'm a winner." I'm a winner. I, I am. I'm a world class player and a world class talent. And bringing in Cristiano Ronaldo, arguably the greatest player in the world, is going to make us better. It's going to help us win the Premier League. It's going to help push us to a Champions League final. I hope that he has the foresight to be able to see that, as opposed to getting into this battle of egos, which he won't win. It's interesting because uh, I know you obviously you spent time at United, and, mm. and don't think I've ever asked you, but. You know, the, the Roy Keens of the world mm. and, and those people who are big characters. We see him now mm. on, on um, our partner company, Sky TV, and he has big opinions. He has big yeah. says. He looks like dominant. He would, you know, he was the man yes. during the time. Was that was that a good thing for the rest of the dressing room? Did the dressing room respond to it in the, in, in the right way? Or can you lose a few people? Can, can a few people not quite, you know... And I don't know for sure, but just somebody like a Luke Shaw, let me mm. say, who looks like he's taking another step. And blah, blah. Sure. Mike, could he go a little bit the other way? Could a Juan Bissaka, um, if he doesn't yeah. put the right balls in and Ronaldo gives him a couple of looks, could it affect his his confidence? I, I Look, anytime you're around a player of that stature, mm. you know, if you don't have the, if you don't have the self-confidence, yeah. yes, you could be knocked down a peg. Uh, the, the, one, the one question I have, and again, I, 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 I like Paul Popeye. I interviewed him just this week for Inside the Mind, and, and yeah. he did. He, he struck me as someone who just enjoys life, enjoys his football, and, and he seems to be in a really good way. The rest of the players, I, 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 they'll all fall in line. Yeah. They, they'll all fall in line. I, I, you know, you talk about David De Gea and, and Varane. These guys have experience with him. You talk about Bruno Fernandes plays international football uh, for Portugal with him. I don't have any issues, or I don't think I see any issues with those players, because yeah, I look, do I think he's going to come into the football club and 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 stamp his authority? He is, and he might overstep the mark a couple of times, as you say. A Wambasaka doesn't get the ball in, and look, that's for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to manage and just say, hey, yeah. you know, just go have a word with with Aaron there. Just go have a word and, and let him know he'll put the, he'll put the right ball in next time. So I think all of that will work itself out. But yeah, look, if if you're if you're weak minded and weak weak will, this this won't work out because we know we've seen it. Time and time again, Cristiano Ronaldo is demanding of himself, but also of his teammates. Really good point. Uh, and I think something Manchester United may, need. Yes. I think then you don't get losses to Crystal Palace and Sheffield United. You don't draw games against Southampton. I think when you know somebody like that's in the dressing room and demands more of, it as, of himself as much as he does of you, performances will come in. So I think there's only upside good things to come out of Cristiano Ronaldo. It's been going to be a great story just seeing him back in the league. Er, and, and Earl's still listen. Listen, let me let me let me nail one example, and, and you heard it here yeah. on the Two Robbies podcast first. To give you an example of that, Bruno Fernandez, his his international teammate, mm. 
takes the penalties from Manchester United, right? Mm. Scored a boatload of goals last year, takes the penalties. I ask you a simple question. The first penalty that Manchester United get with Cristiano Ronaldo on the field, who do you think's taking it? Bruno did, I think, as in past tense, did take <laughs> penalties. He's, only, all... he's absolutely only one man. He, That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. all you need to know. Listen, let's move on, mate. Great chat. And as we say, can't see enough of looking forward to Cristiano Ronaldo back in the Premier League. Um, Tottenham Hotspur, my friend, has, is a story. Uh, mm-hmm. When you think about the summer they had where and, um, Ryan Mason had done a, a caretaker job and, and, and moved on and left the seat, nobody looked like they particularly wanted it. Mm-hmm. They ended up with, with, with Nuno Espirito Santo. Who's come in uh, slightly underwhelmed? I think many many Spurs fans. Then all the talk was Harry Kane was going to leave the football club. Mm. There was a lot of doom and gloom around Tottenham Hotspur during the summer and what people thought the start. And many saying, "Oh, they're going to could have a terrible start." Yet we sit here after three games of the Premier League and Tottenham are top of the table yet to concede a goal. Elster, not buying it. Not buying it. At all. I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I, I am. I'm excited for Tottenham Football Club. I think Nuno's come in as probably the third choice manager. I think they've played well. I think he's won the fans over, certainly with some of his comments, the way he, in a, in a very classy way, handled the Harry Kane situation with, with the, you know, obviously in partnership with the club and Daniel Levy. Son has scored two goals so far this season. Harry's back. In the team starting, I I just the one three one nil wins are are, are brilliant. Mm. They're off to a flying start. Wolves were on top of that game last week. Probably should have at least earned a draw. Okay, albeit they didn't, and Tottenham got the points today. You know, against the Wildford side, you're expecting more. Mm. Ultimately, again, I, I here here I stand corrected. They still got the three points, but I'm just not sure. That that style stands the test of time in terms of look. Last year they finished in seventh place. Yeah, I look at this Tottenham team. I, I don't think they'll finish in the top four. And so, you know, if they finish there, they're about top to six. Again. Top six, maybe, maybe. But six is only one place off seven. So look, I don't yeah, think it's it massive improvement. Well, I'm slightly. Happy and again, I'm, I'm maybe it's false kind of of confidence or mm-hmm. enthusiasm, mm-hmm. but I just think when I look at that group of players, uh, Tim, I mm-hmm. see, I see a bit of enjoyment and joy about the way they're going yeah. about the business. Yeah. Now it's very different from Mourinho. Ram Mason came in; it was a difficult time for him at a time of the season. I think a kudos and credit has to go to Daniel Levy. Mm-hmm. I think he's a man who gets a lot of criticism. He's mm-hmm. a pantomime buddy. He's, has a bit of a poker face, doesn't smile too often. He stood by his football club. He stood by his principles of if you're going to buy, you want our best player, you're going to pay £150 million and more if you want him. Man City didn't want to pay. He wanted to chuck in a few cast-offs to to make it work. He said, Mm -hmm. no, the deal hasn't gone. Harry Kane stayed. Mm -hmm. Harry's now got to get his head down and start scoring some goals, which is good for them. Um, It's a team that looks... Balanced, it looks happier. I'm seeing less mistakes. I'm seeing with three games in, I'm seeing Deli Ali more consistent. I've seen Steven Bergwijn more. Ollie Skip is is, a, is almost like a find. Mm-hmm. Eric Dyer looks a little bit more 
focused, concentrated on, on his role in his yes. job. Now, yes. We're three games in, and I'm not getting over carried away, mm-hmm. but Nuno's style and his relationship with players might mm-hmm. get the best out of some of these games, as opposed to the abrasion and the, the kind of clumping you over the head mm-hmm. with, with the hammer that, that was Jose Mourinho's. Yes type of management let, let me play devil's advocate what you're saying I, I i don't i don't disagree on the surface on on the balance of three games of what you're saying but we're not going to hang our hat on the the defensive partnership of eric dyer and sanchez no way because in a team very similar to jose Mourinho, when you're asked to defend for long periods you're a counter-attacking team you're going to sit back behind the ball they have got romero they just bought in looks okay yes 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 i, I you know Skip, okay. He's had a, he's had a couple of good games. Yeah. I, again, I'm not I'm not certain that that is necessarily the answer for for a team that's yeah, looking well, to finish in the yeah. in the top four. So mm-hmm. up front, do I do what I love to see? You know, Adama Traore go. There has been rumored who played under Nuno at Wolves to go to Tottenham. You talk about a counterattacking style. We saw him yeah. today. Absolutely yeah. fabulous. Yeah, I think that would be. Sensational because the way Kane drops off the front and Son running behind with Troy, absolutely brilliant. I, I do like that. But I just don't know. Uh, Ten- Tenganga, he's been, for me, he's been fantastic at, at right back. I'm just not sure that that midfield is a, is a top four, make the Champions League type of mid. So again, I, I, I look, are you asking me if at the end of the season, Nuno's first season in charge, he finishes about sixth? Get back into Europe again? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it's season. Let me chuck one name at you before we move on to the results. Yeah. If they're looking for a midfield player, mm. is a certain U.S. men's national team, yeah. international, Weston McKenney, apparently at Juventus, is yeah. the kind of player. Could he, could he go into the Premier League, yeah. play consistently at a level that could take the Spurs closer to, to that yeah. top four? Yeah, look, Weston McKinney is a player who could tip the balance for me. You know, we love, we love Hoiver. We love him. Yeah. The, the, the way he gets about in that midfield, he's, he plays every game. He's a tough tackle. He's a good pass the ball. You know, someone like him and Wes McKinney partnering each other, you can throw in a nut, whether it be Bergwijn or it, they have a whole host of players, yeah, yeah. especially if they get Triori through the door. Now you're talking about a team where you're thinking, They've got yeah. something about them now. But, yeah, I do think they need – and, look, I, I think the same thing about Manchester United. They need somebody in the middle of that midfield who's willing to hold, who's willing to do the dirty work, who can bomb forward and make runs. So, yeah, that would be a name that would excite me and certainly excite the American fans. Well, Spurs plenty to look forward to as we go into the break, top of the table, and see their nearest and dearest rivals also propping things up at the other end. Let's quickly run through um, – some other results, Aston Villa 1, Brentford 1, Dean Smith against his former team. Mm-hmm. Had to settle with a point. Newcastle 2, Southampton 2. Newcastle got themselves 1-0 up and then 2-1 up late for St. Maximin goal. And then, as ever with Newcastle, a bit of drama. LaSalle gives away a penalty kick. Ward Prowse gets Southampton a share of the points. And I know you wanted to just talk about this with somebody in this game. West Ham 2, Palace 2, mm-hmm. London Derby. West Ham getting themselves up twice in Palace coming back with two Conor Gallagher goals. Yeah, you talked about David De Gea, which is a brilliant pick for your underappreciated performer of the weekend. Mine is Conor Gallagher. Uh, you know, this is a this is a kid who 
came from Chelsea on loan last year to West Bromwich Albion. You thought, oh, he's 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 a nice little footballer, and he comes with a with a decent pedigree, and he comes from Chelsea. Playing in that in that West Bromwich Albion team did him no justice. Aside from getting him, you know, in a relegation fight and having to, you know, really grow up and, and fight and mm-hmm. scrap because we just saw him living off little bits and pieces in the midfield, trying to pass the players who weren't up to it. And so obviously his level wasn't wasn't there. But I tell you what, when I when I watch this Crystal Palace team, who haven't been brilliant early on, yeah, but he there's two goals that he scored that you know, a knock a knockdown from Benteke on the one and a swivel. It, he it's not only what he does in the box, it's his ability to get the ball. You know, I I watched a play last week where he got the ball from the left side of midfield, dribbled a few times fizzed it out to the right-hand side, got it back from Zaha, and then he smashed it off the crossbar, the, the post and the crossbar. And he just thought that move started and ended with him, and it was fantastic. And so for me, the way he's playing now, now I see it. Now I see what, what people were talking about when he came from Chelsea. So he's my underappreciated performer of the weekend. It's a good shout. And another in the uh, catalogue of Chelsea youngsters <laughs> who go out on loan, yeah. build a reputation. Often, if they're not good enough for Chelsea, they sell them for... Tens of millions of dollars, <laughs> and they go on to have a good career. Brilliant business, Chelsea. A great business. With, with, with these young players. Uh, other games, Brighton nil, Everton 2-2. Two, two, good win for your old team. Um, Damari Gray looking like good business. Two million dollars. Yeah. And Calvert-Lewin eventually getting the penalty when Charleston had let the ball go. Couldn't quite believe what we saw there. But I, I don't get it. Robbie, here's what I don't get. And so, and so for the people listening, right, this is how it works. At the highest level, like children, we need to be told what to do. So every, every football team, the manager will uh, – so unfortunately, certain managers don't don't sort this out until there's a spat on the field. Yeah. You have a penalty taker who always takes the penalties. Designated taker. Designated penalty taker. If he's not on the field, if he's injured, if he takes the ball and says, here, Robbie, you have yeah. it today because mm-hmm. you're on a hat trick, do you take it? Other than that, there's a designated penalty taker and a vice Designated penalty taker. So this whole concept of Richarlison <laughs> taking the ball, and it, we saw last year with Chelsea uh, at one point. I think it was Tammy Abraham, maybe with with, yeah. with Jorginho. Like it, it's mind blowing that these players. He Richarlison knew what he was doing. Mm. He knew what he was doing. Like he knows he's not the penalty taker, and yet somehow he causes a scene. I just I roll my eyes at that stuff. Great start on the rougher, though, mate. It's, it's, mm. I thought that the Everton one was a bit like Spurs. It was like, oh, we've, we've ended up with Raf Rowe, mm. what we're going to get. But it's been a bright start to the season. And uh, in Gray, in Townsend, um, you know, there, there looks a couple of lively players in, in, in the team. Well, Damari Gray has been a, a fabulous signing. Um, you know, I know he's a player you highlighted and you, you've yeah. liked uh, early on. Dominic Calvert-Lewin amongst the goals again, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That needs to happen for Everton to have, have some some form of success. And Rochelle, we know he's gonna he's gonna run hot and cold. He's gonna you know gonna get you out of your seat and he's gonna electrify electrify the place. And he's also gonna you know make you furious like he did on the weekend with the, with the penalty mm-hmm. incident. But the only worry for me with Everton is simply their strength and depth. I think they have, uh, you know, a team who can, who can give as good as they get and, and, and they can take over games at times and they can fight and, and scrap. And, but if, if their first 11, 12, 13 players aren't fit and available and they have to rely on the rest of the squad, I don't think the rest of the squad is built to have any sort of su- sustained success uh, over the course of a Premier League season. You know, look, the, the pink elephant in the room is is, is Jaime Rodriguez. Yeah. 
you know, did, did he come in simply because Angelotti was there and he wanted to play a bit of football and he wanted to earn some money? It seems like it because yeah. you and I both know he's not a Rafa Benitez type of player. Rafa's a bit more pragmatic, and he wants his team to roll their sleeves up and run around the park. And yeah. No yeah. passengers in Rafa's team. No, no, no passengers. So. Yeah, we'll see how that one that one pans out. But good win for Everton. A clean sheet, I think, was important as well mm-hmm. uh, for that back line. Michael Keane in particular has had a, a few dodgy moments this season. Yeah. Yeah. The results, Norwich won, Leicester two, Leicester get themselves a win. Uh, we, we're desperate for that. Will be Jamie Vardy gold the first one, and Burnley won Leeds one. We saw that tussle, didn't we? There was tackles going in. Uh, it was a real Lancashire v Yorkshire affair. Uh, one one goal apiece in that one. Listen, mate. Just before we go, we just want to have a little bit of fun with our, our friends from Points Bet Sports. Mm. We we just said looking forward to the twenty twenty two Qatar World Cup. What's the odds looking like for for the international teams as we go into the international break and the sort of Numbers came back at Brazil, a favourites at plus 550. Mm. France, second favourite, plus 600. England, third favourites at plus 750. I know you'll be pleased to hear. Spain, <laughs> plus 800. Italy, plus 800. Euro winners. Germany, plus 900. Belgium, plus 1,000. And then we go down to the USA. Holland, plus 1,600. Portugal, 1,600. Croatia, 4,000. Mexico, plus 8,000, USA plus 9,000 and my, our producer, I cannot believe, has got Jamaica not listed sorry. I was going to ask you about Jamaica, if there is any odds on that. Listen, listen, you know why there's no you know why there's no odds? Plus, maybe plus six, 650, plus Ro- six, 700, just in England. Robbie Earl, you want me to tell you why there's no odds? They won't make the World Cup. So there's not going to be any odds to win the World Cup. Listen, Tim, Tim Howard, you're a guest on my podcast. <laughs> I'm just listen, Mr. Listen, Mr. 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 listen, if you I can't, I can't do it. Any chance of coming back <laughs> on this show, you have to remember. Listen, I, I read an I read an article. Um, it was it was a few months ago, mm. just before the uh, Gold Cup and the Concup Cup was uh, started, and he was talking about all the players. English players who have, have got Jamaican parentage, if they've gone the route of Jamaica, you know, Raheem Sterling's one, sure, sure. these people like Mikel Antonio who's still available, um, Ivan Tony, Andre yeah. Gray, yeah, yeah, Mason yeah. Holgate. I mean, yeah. we're talking who's yeah. who, my friend, yeah. you know, World Cup semi-finalists for the reggae boys. But anyway, we, we can dream, <laughs> we can believe. Listen, mate, thanks so much for, for joining us. Um, after three games... Of the Premier League, Spurs go top of the table, Arsenal slump to the bottom, and Liverpool and Chelsea, they share points in the big game of the weekend. Look out for our transfer deadline special. That's the next podcast out on September the 1st, when the whole team, so myself, Tim, Musty and Rebecca will review what's been a fascinating summer window. We'll take a break for the international games and then join us September the 8th, that's the next date for our podcast when we'll preview all of Match Week 4. But for now, I'm Robbie, he's Tim. Thanks for watching and listening. Be safe, be happy. It's a good night from me. It's a good night from Tim. Good night.
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 